Hello friends and family, this is Carl Besedenote speaking from Christ Encounter Ministries. This is a re-recording of the message that was taught this uh, Sunday just past. The title of the message is Seriously, and this message is part five of the faith series that is really, really, really a powerful series. I encourage you to listen to those teachings, to let that get into your spirit. It's really, really powerful. We are building up to the finale, which I think, God willing, will be next week uh, and the week after. But um, this faith series is such a blessing. I can tell you it has honestly changed my life and really helping me to function without limits and in a dimension where God wants us to function. So, we start this teaching off, and the scripture says in Romans 1 verses 17, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, the righteous refers to us, to us believers. And this scripture says that we must live by faith. Now, when I first heard that scripture, it seemed like a very daunting thing to do, a very difficult thing to do. It felt almost like a burden of having to live my life by faith, you know. How would I do that? It it seemed like a very difficult and an impossible thing to do. But when I got a a revelation of what this means uh, to live by faith, it has just really transformed my life. Because the fact is when you live by faith, It just opens up the door to so many possibilities that would not have been available to you. Because when you start to live by faith, then you're not limited to the natural world or the circumstances around you. You see, when you live by faith, then you're not limited to the natural things like the money in your bank or the money not in your bank. You're not limited any longer to bad reports by doctors. You're not limited anymore to your education or your past, who you are, who you aren't, where you're situated. You're not limited to anything uh, in the natural world or the natural realm. The, The normal limitations of the natural realm just gets removed entirely. Because the Bible says in in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 that we live by faith and not by sight. Wow. So we are not to be moved by the things that we see. You see, when we live by faith and not by sight, we really take off the limits of God. And you begin to open up your everyday life into this realm of miracles. Because when you live by faith, you learn not to depend on natural limitations. You know, like your own abilities and talents, or lack thereof. You, you don't depend on, on mankind or even the economy. You don't depend on, on, on anything that would usually move and restrain someone from working uh, in the natural realm and things that seem to be obstacles. All of that gets removed Because when you start to function in a realm of faith, all of that is negligible. Because when you are 
functioning in a realm of faith and living on faith, you are actually depending upon the most powerful, the unstoppable, unfailing, abundant and freely available power of God that is working in you and through you. Wow. The scripture says in um, Mark 9 verses 23 that all things are possible for him that believes. So the only limitation that we have when we are functioning uh, by living by faith is the capacity of your belief. All things are possible for him to believe. Who believes? Now, Ephesians 3 verses 20 in the Amplified says this, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose. Wow. So what is his purpose? What is God's purpose? Listen to this. To do super abundantly more than all we dare ask. Wow. That is just phenomenal. We could stop there and just, man, that is just wow. But the scripture carries on. It says super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to His power that is at work within us. Now, God would not put that scripture in the Bible if it was not His intention to do that for us. You see, because all God's uh, Word, all His scripture is promises to us. And the word says in Numbers 23 verses 19 that God is not a man that he should lie. So this scripture, what we've just mentioned, this limitless opportunities, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, super abundantly, more than all we dare ask is available to us and it is all accessible. How? Through living by faith. You see, living by faith is living daily in the realm of the miraculous. Where all things are possible. It is where the impossible becomes more real than reality itself. The impossible in the natural is exactly where faith functions at its best. And this we see in scriptures over and over again of how against incredible odds the incredible happens. And faith always triumphs for the glory of God. You see, child of God, God wants us to use our faith daily in everyday life. Not just for the big things, but for the small things as well. He wants us to start to see natural uh, obstructions and natural restraints as opportunities that we can develop our faith and grow our faith. He wouldn't ask us or tell us to live by faith if that's not what he meant. Living by faith is a consistent thing. Living is every minute and every moment of the day. And God wants to be there with us every moment of every day. And he wants to show off in us. He wants to show off to us and glorify himself. You see, as we grow in faith 
And through our tests, we develop testimonies. And then we glorify God as we testify of His goodness in our life. But we will never have these testimonies if we never step out of the boat and we never try to live by faith and allow God to move in our lives every day in everything. The Bible is packed with incredible feats of faith. And for a a perspective, I want us to just um, look at an account in the scriptures where God took care of three million Israelites. And this is so powerful if you grasp this. This is life-changing that I'm, I'm sharing with you now. Now, God took care of these three million Israelites for 40 years. And they were in a desert. This was a dry and it was an arid desert. There were no resources available. And he fed these um, Israelites daily. He provided them with everything that they needed for this journey. He provided them with food. He provided them with water. And God was teaching these Israelites to depend upon Him daily. God was teaching these Israelites to live lives of faith. He didn't just want to be there when they needed Him here and there. He wanted them to depend upon Him every day for their food, for their water, for their shelter, for even uh, firewood, absolutely everything. Now, if we think about this on modern day basis, just to provide the food for these people, you would need 2,000 tons of food every day. Wow. That is a freight train packed to capacity with food that is five kilometers long or three miles long. Just for the water, for them and their flocks, all the animals in this desert experience where there was no water, they would need 4,000 tons of water every day. Do you know how much that is? That is 3,000 kilometers or 1,800 miles of a freight train carrying water tanks filled to capacity. That's phenomenal. Every single day. Now, keeping that in mind of of what God has been doing for for them every day. Now, this is not even mentioning parting the Red Seas and and all the wonderful miracles. These um, Israelites who were being fed daily by this supernatural bread of angels called manna, which fell with dew at night, they began to complain because they wanted to eat meat. So we take up this account, very interesting account. Just track with me. This is really going to bless you. We take up this account in Numbers 11 verses 10. Moses heard people from every family crying at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became very angry and Moses didn't like it either. So he asked, Lord, why have you brought me this trouble? How have I displeased you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Am I their mother? Did I give birth to them? Are you really asking me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries a baby? All the way to the land you promised their ancestors with an oath. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep crying for me to give them meat to eat. 
I can't take care of all these people by myself. This is too much work for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, Lord, why don't you just kill me? I can't face this trouble anymore. You see, Moses was facing impossible odds. And he was just looking at the natural, even though God had already performed so many miracles. And you know, this reminds me of of us in everyday life. You know, God does so much for us. He performs so many miracles. He's delivered us from so many things. But yet, when we face troubles, we always tend to forget everything that God has brought us through. But let's carry on with this teaching. And the scripture says in Numbers 11 verses 19, But Moses said, Here I am with 600,000 foot soldiers around me. Yet you say, Lord, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they even have enough, Lord, if we butchered all the flocks and all the herds that we have just for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught just for them? And this is so awesome. The Lord asked Moses, Moses, has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my words come true. So powerful. After all of that that was going on and all the the moaning, (laughs) there's other translation where, where, where God says to Moses, Moses, do you really think that my power is limited? Now, if we have to look at this maybe in a modern-day translation, we all know the King James Version, which is the KJV Version. Now, if we look at a modern-day translation, which is the KJB, which would be the Carl John Besedno translation, it would read something like this. Numbers 11, verses 19. The Lord said to Moses, Moses, seriously? So we carry on the story in Numbers 11, verses 30. This is the message translation. A wind set in motion by God, swept in quails from the sea. They piled up to a depth of three feet in the camp, as far out as a day's walk in every direction. Wow! All that night... And into the next day, the people were out gathering the quail. Huge amounts of quail. Even the slowest person among them gathered at least 60 bushels. They spread them out all over the camp for drying. You see, the Israelites invented quail biltong. Now, child of God, on a serious note, if you consider What God done for these Israelites, 40 years, feeding them daily, giving them water daily, doing all of these supernatural feats, teaching them to trust in Him, teaching them to deny, to to rely uh, upon Him. And now, as you look at the problems that you have in life, because we all have challenges, if you consider the, the things that are stressing you out, you know, the, the making ends meet, the needs that we have. I want to ask you this question in all sincerity. On behalf of the Lord God, according to Numbers 11 verses 19, has the, the Lord lost its power for you? 
Is there a limit to the Lord's power available to you? Is your God, your loving daddy, who died on a cruel cross just for you, not willing and able to deliver and help and take care of your everyday needs, just as he done for the Israelites? I think so. Now our question is, does this freely available faith, by living in faith, have limits of its own? Does this mean that we can just have faith for anything? Can we have faith for another man's belongings, another man's wife or husband? Can we have faith for trusting God for a blessing on illicit businesses or things that we are doing that's, that's clearly wrong? No, of course not. You see, faith and living by faith and the promises of God is in His Word. The Bible says very clearly that faith comes by hearing and hearing. And we can even add in that scripture and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's Romans 10 verses 17. That's where our faith comes from. Hearing the Word of God. You see, God's Word is just so vast. We heard in that previous scripture how God is able to do super abundantly above. And there is nothing that we will, that is lacking in the Word of God. Nothing that is lacking in the promises of God. And you know, we can trust in God because scripture says, 2 Corinthians 1 verses 20, For all the promises, that's the scriptures, all the promises of God in Him are yes and in him amen now as children of god the word says in 1 corinthians 6 verses 17 as a born again christian that whoever's united with the lord is one with him in spirit so that scripture that we've just read that all the promises in him and in him is yes and amen that's for us but you see we were separated from God at the falling in the Garden of Eden. And then God, uh, Jesus came, God came as man, came as flesh. And through Jesus coming on the earth and dying for our sins, he restored us back into the family of God now from the man perspective, from the mere mortal perspective. And we are now through what Jesus done we got re-established um, uh, as children of God in the family of God through Jesus Christ who reconciled us with God. The, the word says in Romans 8 verse 17 that we are children. So we are now in Jesus and Jesus in us. We are children. And the scripture says, Romans 8 verse 17, that if we are children then we are heirs. Wow. It carries on to say, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That is just amazing. So everything that is God's and everything that is Jesus's is ours. It is already ours. It is our inheritance. We've never earned it. We definitely don't deserve it. But we are heirs of God. That's what the Bible says. We are rightful owners of everything that is, is God's and is Jesus. That's just amazing. Now, 
In Mark 11 verses 23, we studied in faith part 4 the importance of our words, of how Jesus saw a fig tree and he spoke to the fig tree. It was a very casual statement, but it was considered a negative statement. He simply said to the tree, no one will eat fruit from you. And the next day when they came past that tree, Peter noticed that that tree was completely dead and completely withered. And he said, teacher, rabbi, the tree that you cursed has withered and died away. You know, and Jesus didn't uh, uh, stop Peter and say, hey, whoa, Peter, I never cursed, I just spoke. No, Jesus reaffirmed the statement of uh, Peter and he started to teach the importance of our words and the power that it carries to give life and to bring destruction. Remember, the scripture says, I think it's Proverbs 19 verses 21, that life or death comes from your tongue. So it's either going to be life or it's going to be death. Nothing in between. And he said, he continued to say, while they were standing on the Mount of Olives, he was now explaining the faith that he had exercised through speaking to the tree. And he explained this faith as, uh, he said, have faith in God. In the, in the original translation says, have the God kind of faith. And he was explaining the God kind of faith by saying, if you, um, if you had to say to this mountain, which was the Mount of Olives that they were standing on, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you believe in your heart those things that you say, and you don't doubt, but believe what you say will happen, you will have whatever you say. And in that particular teaching, we learned that Jesus in that short scripture mentioned, say, I think it was four or five times, teaching us in the end that what we uh, say we will have. Now, straight after this scripture, after this whole account that I've just mentioned to you, we go to Mark 11:24. Now, Jesus Christ, after this whole scenario, is bringing everything together now. He's now summarizing the, uh, what faith is. And this is probably, to my knowledge, one of the most powerful and uh, faith scriptures where Jesus is teaching us exactly what faith is. And we'll read it from Mark 11, verses 24. For this reason, I am telling you. Now that part, for this reason, he's just bridging everything that he's just mentioned that I just spoke to you. So now he's telling us the, the reason. Whatever... You ask for in pray. Now this is the punchline. Believe that you have received it and then you will have it. Now that word believe in the original Greek is the word pistio. This word means to be persuaded of, to think, to be true, to place confidence in. So Jesus is saying that whatever we ask for in prayer, at that moment of praying, we need to believe. And that means to be persuaded of, to place confidence in, to think to be true that we have already received it. Wow. Now this is a very... Um, 
challenging section of faith where where I've been tripped up. It's been a it's been a tough thing to get a revelation of, and I think many people struggle to get a revelation of believing that they already have something that they cannot see, and very often. You know, these are, are, are we, we pray for for really um, challenging things, impossible things, and it's very hard in the heat of the moment to believe that we have these things. So, you know, and that's especially because we all have been brought up and uh, to live by this statement, which says, "I will believe it when I see it." But the fact is, Jesus is saying that we need to believe it before we see it. A good question, I suppose, is, well, how do we get to the point where we can be confident, so much to the point that what we're asking for, we can believe that we already have it? And that is, is outlined for us in 1 John 5, verses 14. And I'm reading from the, the Berean Study Bible. I like this translation. And it goes on. Um, I'll read now. It says, and this is the confidence we have. Wow, okay, this is where we can be confident. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we already possess that what we asked Him for. Wow. So that scripture shows there, it says, you know, we can be confident, we, we know uh, uh, we already possess, and how how can we have this confidence by praying His will? Wow. So what is God's will? God's will is the Scriptures, everything contained in the Bible. So if we base our prayers on a scriptural foundation. And we bring those prayers to God and we base it on actual scripture. We can be confident that we are praying His will, His word. And we can be confident that we already have whatever we asked Him for. Now, to consider this in a practical sense, to help us to understand this aspect or this facet of faith and to function in it, I want you to consider that um, you perhaps had a distant relative, maybe three generations back, that was extremely wealthy. This relative, you can say for this example, maybe lived in Italy, had a mansion by the seaside. This, this mansion had big area of property. There was riches in this mansion. There were boats there, it, it had servants, it had money that was in their estate, and it was worth millions, possibly even billions. And this relative of yours, um, his family at the time, three generations back, they were all just after his money. And they wanted this person to just die and take all his money and him being a shrewd person obviously you don't get that kind of wealth without being intelligent realized the motives and said you know what in my will i'm going to give everything to the uh, to my heir that is three generations down so there's not going to be any greed in the moment and that person is you so 
one day you get contacted and, and people say, you know what, this is the situation. You have a distant relative who has now left you this estate and this estate with this mansion and all the property is worth millions and you instantaneously become an overnight billionaire. And they hand you a title deed and this title deed is in the form of a document and you have the will, remember that word, will, of the, um, the family member that declares legally and legitimately that you are the rightful heir and you own everything listed on that title deed. Wow. And so you, of course, would get uh, extremely excited, as I know I would, and then the first thing we would want to do is share it with people. And, you know, you'd contact uh, your friends and you tell your friends, hey, man, get this, I'm a... I'm a billionaire, you know, and that's, oh, come on, man, you know, you're always talking nonsense. And you say, no, seriously, I, I own an estate in Italy. I've, I've got a boat there. There's wealth in the estate, and I'm a billionaire. And they would say, oh, come on, you've never even been to Italy. You don't even know where this town is. You're just talking nonsense. You've never even been on a boat in your life. Where are you coming with this nonsense? What have you got to back this statement up? And of course, what would you do? You would take your legal document. You would have the will that says that that family member has legitimately made you the heir. And everything on that title deed would have your promises. And it would valid uh, validate your inheritance. Now, you've never been to Italy You've never, you don't even know where this town is. You've never seen this homestead. You didn't even know that this family member existed. But yet, you put full confidence in the fact that this title deed, which is a legal and legitimate document that says that you are the heir, and you would hold it up to your friends and say, look, here's my proof. Yes, I can't see it. I can't feel it at the moment. I've never been there. It doesn't matter. By virtue of this document, this will, this testament, does that ring a bell? Testament, New Testament, Old Testament? By virtue of this testament, I am the legitimate owner of everything in there. And you would be 100% the owner and super wealthy. Now i ask you this question. If the Bible says that we are heirs with God, and that His promises to us are yes and amen. If we can believe in an earthly document and have that kind of faith, because that's faith in essence. If we can have that kind of faith, then we need to apply the same principle and believe that the Bible is true. Believe that God is not a man and He will not lie. And if He says that that is our inheritance then that is what we need to take hold of. And when we find our inheritance and we lay claim to that inheritance, and when doubt comes, because yes it will, that uh, we've learned in past teachings of how the devil comes and how he steals the word, he steals the title deed, and how he brings problems. Why? To take our eyes off the title deed, off the word. That's what the scripture, that's what we've learned. 
In the same way, he comes and he brings problems and he brings distractions just so that we will take our eyes off the promises of God, off our title deed. But you see, when doubt comes, we need to remember how Jesus defeated Satan when he was tempted three times. He merrily said to Satan, Satan, Jesus pulled out his title deed and he said, Satan, it is written every time. And so in the same way we find our promises of God, we keep our eyes on it, we keep focused on it, because God said we must meditate on this word. And whenever doubt comes, we go straight to the scripture, go to our title deed, we look at it, we saturate ourselves with it, faith comes again. How? By hearing the word, we read it over and over and over, and then we will have whatever we believe it is. You see, child of God, Luke 1 verses 37 says this, The word of God will never fail. God's word never fails. It's us that fail. Matthew 24 verse 35 says this, Heaven and earth will pass away. Even the heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. The word of God will always stand firm. Let's look at a few scriptures. Just for an example, let's look at a few promises of God for us. Let's look at your title deed. You see, you need to remember, child of God, if I use that Um, example of that person that was an heir and that owned everything that person or you could be super wealthy but unless you knew of your inheritance and unless you claimed your inheritance you could die a poor rich man where by virtue of your inheritance you owned everything but because you never appropriated it or never knew about it you would die a poor person but being super wealthy. So let's go over a few scriptures. Philippians 4 verses 19. And my God will meet all my needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Wow! Deuteronomy 28. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the country. I am blessed when I go in. I am blessed when I go out. All nations call me blessed. Psalm 90. The Lord blesses and establishes all the works of my hands. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4 verses 13. This is a good scripture to start every day with. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Chronicles 20 verses 15. The battles that I face in life are not mine. They are the Lord's and he is fighting for me and the victory is mine. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphant victory. That is just so amazing. Thank you, Jesus. We go to 1 Peter, 5, uh, 1 Peter 2 verses 21. By his wounds I have been healed. 
Luke 10 verses 19. I have been given authority over all the works of the enemy. That's all the works of the enemy. Nothing outstanding. And Jesus says this, And nothing will by any means hurt me. Wow. It's Jesus' will as declared in the scriptures that nothing should by any means hurt you. Psalm 91. Your angels encamp around me and my household and protect us on, in all our ways and on all sides. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 48 verses 17. Lord, you teach me to profit. Wow, thank you, Jesus. And you lead me the way which I should go. Here's a nice one. Proverbs 8 verses 21. You give me wisdom for witty inventions. Deuteronomy 28, powerful scripture. I am always the head, thank you Jesus, and never the tail. I am always above and never below. I am never, ever under the circumstances in Jesus' name. Romans 13 verses 8, I owe no one but to love him, so I am debt free in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 15 verses 6, I will lend to many nations and borrow from none. And the last one, Acts 16 verses 31, Because I believe in Jesus Christ, myself and my entire family is saved. My spouse, my siblings, my parents and my grandparents, everyone in my family is saved and heaven bound. Thank you, Jesus. Well, listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed that and I trust that this is going to bless you. I really encourage you to go through all of these faith teachings because the scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God or get anything from God. Until the next recording, love you guys. Bye-bye.